Good morning, everybody. Um, from a cold, cold East London, as soon as we get into single figures, we get double layers and not just single layers of clothing on. And so, yeah, we pray and I just trust that this is going to be a warm morning as we gather around God's word. Um, I've been loving preparing for this. I actually had the privilege of preparing this message offline in the Transcar with a book in my Bible, almost old school. Um, we had a few days there as a family, but also just very aware of just the the place we find ourselves as a country at the moment, just coming through our third wave with COVID, um, through the, the looting and the imprisonment of a former president. Um, just these times have been such crazy times for, for us as a country, um, but also for our hearts, like understanding just that our hearts have also been um, all over the place over the last few weeks as a, as a nation, as a people. Um, and then I found myself with the privilege of preparing a a sermon on the meekness and Jesus speaking in Matthew 5 verse um, 5 he says blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth I mean he's directly speaking to an attitude of the heart and I've been so challenged by just what our hearts look like during these times I um, found myself struggling with 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 frustration with disappointment fuming even some days um, ranting and and raving at why can't we get better as a nation why can't we get better as a people um, I'm sure you've been, your heart's been everywhere. And I've just been so aware that it's in these seasons that we we have to lead our hearts and not be led by our hearts. Uh, our emotions can be beautiful, but they can also be very, very cruel, can also be very raw and can also be in some ways unled and just wild. Um, and I'm sure that you found yourself, if you're anything like me, over the last few weeks, your heart's just been everywhere. And then we get to scripture and scripture kind of settles us and Jesus settles his disciples with, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, in verse 5 of Matthew 5. I'm going to pray and then we're going to look at what is a meek, or what does meekness look like in Jesus' language, in the New Testament language, and what does it look like for us to have an attitude of meekness, or our hearts to be meek, or to live a meek life. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for this, this beautiful morning that we can gather around your word, Thank you for your word that is just such an anchor to us, such a consistency to us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for challenging us. Thank you for believing um, in the work of the Spirit in us and that we can live like you lived. Like that there's so much of what you modeled for us, Jesus, that we would love to be able to, to model in our lives for this world watching us as Christ followers. Teach us this morning what it looks like to have an attitude of meekness, a heart of meekness. Um, we want to live under your blessing. We want to live under your smile, Jesus. And would you do that this morning? Amen. Jesus calls us to meekness in this passage. And as we're doing the Beatitudes and the Be Like, it's, it's so often it's, we find ourselves looking, this is like Jesus. This is what Jesus called us to be. This is not some friendly advice from a friend saying, hey, during these times, do this. There's, there's lots of that going about. How to survive COVID? How to survive the looting? How to survive our future, how to survive financial backcuts, etc., etc. This is not some advice. This is Jesus calling out of his Christ, of, of the Christ followers, of the disciples, something that he believes is in them, not in themselves, but what the Holy Spirit is doing in them. And he calls them to meekness. Um, and, and Peter, in, in, in 1 Peter, when he, when he speaks to a church facing really, really difficult times, um, tumultuous times that, that they're facing as a church, he speaks this to them. He says, but let, let, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, 
which in God's sight is very, very precious. Peter is saying to a church facing incredibly challenging times, hard times, um, dangerous times. He's saying, let the, let the heart, let the inner man, let the inside of you be gentle and a quiet spirit, which in God's sight is a very precious thing. So Peter is saying to the church, hey, in these times, you can find this quiet, gentle. And the word meekness in the New Testament is often the, 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 the synonyms for it, words that are comparable to it, that are very accurate or close to it, are, are words like being gentle, being kind, being humble. Those are all words related to the word meek, when Jesus calls us to a meek life. What a challenge to Peter, to the church, that we would find ourselves gentle and quiet in these times. And more so, he's calling us not to a moral code, but he's calling us to Christ-likeness, to this is what Christians, this is what Christ followers, those of Jesus' ilk, this is how they respond, gently and in a quiet way. I'm not sure of you, but if you watch media, if you watch news, if you watch social media, it's everything but gentle, it's everything but kind, um, there's, there's, it's everything but quiet and reserved. And why does Jesus call us to this? Because Jesus himself identifies himself as this. Listen to Matthew 11, verse 28 to 29. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Wow, isn't that every one of us in the room this morning? And I will give you rest. Our rest is in him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest in your soul. Dane Ortland, um, the author of the book Gentle and Lowly, a, a book that as elders we gave every leader um, in our church last year as a Christmas gift and just a, something to get our teeth into, um, speaks of how Jesus identifies it only once in all of Scripture. Does, does Jesus tell us what he's like, what his heart's like? And he, he uses the terms gentle and lowly as a reference for us to know this is the heart of Christ. Another word for gentle and lowly is meek. Um, and we, we hear Jesus speak of himself like that. And in this book, Dane Ortland says this. He says, Jesus is not trigger happy, harsh, a reactionary, easily exasperated. He is the most understanding person in the universe. He is gentle and lowly. This is our savior. This is who we go to. In our, in, our, in our frustrations, in our fume, in our, in our struggles, in our good days and our bad days, we go to a Savior that, that tells us that He's gentle and lowly. He is meek. He is kind towards you and towards me. I don't know about you, but for me, there's a, there's a radical need in this world for this kind of kindness, for a gentle word, for patience, for, for humility, for meekness, rather than almost the aggression that we face, the fume that we find in this world. Over the last um, six months, two programs, one a movie, one a, a Netflix series, has grabbed my attention and, 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 and almost surprised me when I watched it. The one was um, the movie called It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And the, book, the, the movie is, is centered around a character in America called Fred Rogers. It's also, it's also referred to or known as Mr. Rogers or the television author. He is also the pastor of a Presbyterian church, just so happens to be. But Mr. Rogers has this ability to invite people in and he speaks about a neighborhood and goodness and kindness and, and meekness in this. And it's been running for 30, it ran for 30 years. Um, in America, and we watched it as a family, and it was 
It was so counter the culture of the day. It was nothing like many movies that we watch um, at the moment. It wasn't a, a rom-com. It wasn't an action. It wasn't a thriller. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a psycho movie. It just caught us because it was just so pure and clean, kind and gentle and patient um, and humble in, 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 in Fred Rogers' character. And we watched it and we all felt, ha, huh, what a beautiful movie. If you get a chance, watch it. I think it will do the same for you. And then... Uh, I bumped into, I think a friend recognized, um, or sorry, not recognized, recommended um, that I watched um, Ted Lasso. Now, Ted Lasso is this American um, soccer coach that is employed by a British football club. So it's both soccer. I don't know why they call them different things, but they do. And Ted Lasso arrives at this football club. Um, the owners of the club have a divorce. The, the wife takes over the running of the football club. And she, to spite her husband, hires Ted Lasso, who's meant to be a complete um, novice, doesn't, know, doesn't understand, doesn't know how to coach, almost in spite of her husband in this divorce. But Ted Lasso is this incredibly gentle and kind, um, gives everybody the, the benefit of the doubt um, kind of personality. And it just, he, he, he wins over the hearts of people. He does okay as a, as a football coach. Um, but when you watch this character, um, he's, he's just everything but the, the generation or the culture that we live in. He is, he's always kind. He's always gentle. He's humble. He's, he gives people the second the, the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, and almost you kind of say, hey, you're naive. You're too innocent in this story. Um, and over the last year or so, I, I found um, so I read Twitter as almost like a as a as a as a news feed for 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 my new for daily news uh, for my sports news for and then I've got a few guys theologically that I love just watching what's going on and and and, and reading on and I, I found a guy called Scott Sauls. Uh, Scott Sauls um, is the senior pastor of um, Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville. Um, in Tennessee, and he's also the author of a, of a book called A Gentle Answer. And what grabbed my attention about Scott Sauls is in, in all the theological debate, in all the theological argument, etc., in media, you know, social media, Scott brought a gentleness and a grace and a love and a kindness to, that's almost counterintuitive to, to Twitter and to social media. And Scott Sauls actually mentioned um, Ted Lasso, funny enough, and he says this Ted, about Ted Lasso. He says, refreshing guy in his kindness and grace in a fuming online world. This is Ted Lasso. And then they asked um, Scott Sauls for his theory. Why do you think Ted Lasso is such a favorite? And Fred Rogers made such an um, impact. The, uh, the movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, made such an impact socially. And he, says, and he said this. This was um, Scott Sauls' answer. People are overwhelmed and exhausted by outrage. And are starved of kindness. This is the world we live in. We are starved of kindness. When someone is gentle and kind and patient and humble towards us, we almost it almost shocks us in this world. It's almost something that, that we don't expect. We expect aggression. We expect outrage. We expect fume. We expect to be cancelled. We, we expect to be unfollowed. We expect to, to be ignored and just shunned by this age that we live in. And words change meaning over many, many ages. And so words that meant when, my, when I grew up, a certain meaning means com completely different things today. I remember going to the UK four or five years ago 
and language and words that I would use in South African, Afrikaans and English context in, in the UK even meant something radically different. So it's good for us to go to scripture and go, what is the Greek? How did the Greeks see this word meek that Jesus called us to and how to live in, in our attitude? And this is what it says in, in the Greek. It's called praus or proutus, gentleness or meekness, praus. Almost sounds German, doesn't it? And this is the meaning of praus in the New Testament in the Greek lexicon. Not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. I'm going to say it again. Not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. Gentleness is the opposite of that. C.S. Lewis said it like this. He says, humility is not thinking less of oneself, but thinking of oneself less. See, in, in, the, in the Greek New Testament, the word gentle and meek has a direct relation to how we view ourselves or how important we think we are and how important we are. And it's almost as if the New Testament and the Greek, Greek, Greeks are telling us that it's impossible to be gentle and humble and meek with a high opinion of self. It's almost the, it's almost the opposite of that. It's a great definition if we look at that. And it's interesting because Paul in Galatians later, in Galatians 5, when he speaks about this fruit of the Spirit, he mentions gentleness or meekness as one of the fruits. And then five verses later, he says, brothers, in Galatians 6 verse 1, he says, brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness or meekness. This is the way we restore we are facing not just in the world, but in the church. Um, I'm so aware that in many churches, and our church would not be exempt from that, that the relationship would be under strain or people would offend or hurt or be, be, be hurt. How does Paul encourage the church? How, to, how do we restore one another? Gently, with meekness, with kindness, with humility. One way to establish also the meaning of the word meek or, or a word in the New Testament or any Bible word is to look at the opposite. What is the opposite meaning of this? We look at, and when we do that, we look in the mirror. And I want to encourage you, as I go through this list, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to work through some of the opposites to, to meek in Scripture and in, in our language. And maybe there's some stuff here that as we look at the Scripture, um, Paul says we always go to this um, Scripture as an honest man. We look in the mirror and we don't forget what we see. So as I go through this, I'm going to maybe encourage you, like I did, go through this list. And if there's anything that grabs your attention, just quickly take it to God and say, God, I've got a bit of that. Help me. I, I repent. I'm so sorry that that's in my heart. Jesus, would you help me? And we're going to look at how Christ helps us. So let's look at some of the opposites to it. The first word opposite to meek is bold in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1. It means overly confident in ourselves, asserting our will that we think, we think and we believe that we know what's right. We are bold and confident in our own knowledge and our own wisdom, that we know what's good for us. We know how it should happen, etc. There's a lot of that in today. We all we are so bold in, in our statements, whether whether we should or shouldn't be vaccinated, whether we whether we should or should be looting, whether we who's right and who's wrong. But everybody, we're living in a world that is so confident and so bold at the moment. But it's the opposite of a meek spirit. We assume we are self-assured in this world. Meek is a complete opposite of that. The another word that's the opposite of meek is quarrelsome in 2 Timothy 2 verse 24 and 25. 
this ready to defend ourselves. We are, we are ready to debate for the sake of winning an argument, um, not willing to listen. We're not really too interested in what you say or what you think, but we, but we almost like itching for a fight. We are filled with um, easily, easily, easily ready to argue. We are filled with outrage. If you don't agree with me, then, then I'm outraged at your disagreement and, and, and we polarize one another. And we, we just look for, for the opposite. We, 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 we're almost itching for a fight. We, we can't wait to get into a debate or an argument. That's in Scripture the opposite to what Jesus is calling us to. Jealous. We're always comparing and thinking we deserve better than our neighbors. We see our neighbors do well and we go, oh, they don't really deserve it. I deserve what they've got. Um, we resent our neighbor's success or the, uh, our neighbor's um, well-being. Even um, we, 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 we resent their status. We resent anything good happening to them. Jealousy when we look around ourselves. Maybe there's some jealousy in your heart. I, I watched um, the Euro soccer finals and there's Wembley Stadium packed with like 60,000 English people um, no masks or vaccinated in going on as life is like normal. I'm listening to the UK reopen. I'm listening. I'm, and I'm sure there's something something in our hearts. If you if you don't have some jealousy, I don't know if you're human as a South African. But there's a bit of jealousy going, ah, oh, why do they get it and we don't? And social media certainly doesn't help. We all know that there are some beautiful and there's some really helpful things that social media can do for us. But it's also there's some really ugly and unhelpful things. And jealousy, FOMO, the fear of missing out, the, the jealousy of watching another life and going, I wish I had that. I'm discontent with what God has got. And then ambitious. Ambitious. James 3 verse 13 to 14 warns us again against ambition and being ambitious as a person. And what it means is that we always think that we deserve and we should be improving our lives. We, we should always be growing bigger and better and faster. We should always have bigger houses, bigger cars, more cars, bigger incomes, bigger salaries, better looking, better better fitness. There's this ambitious that we think that we, we deserve and we should be doing better than we are. And what it leads to is in our hearts is a is a discontentment is we nothing is good enough for us. There's always more for us to achieve. So we never rest. We never live easily. We never we never settle. And contrary to all this in popular culture, all that's above mentioned is everything that Jesus calls us away to. He calls us and warns us not to be overly bold and to be bold and over over assertive in our own lives. He calls us not to be quarrelsome amongst one another. He calls us to gentleness with one another. Jealousy. He calls us, he warns us not to be jealous and to be discontent with what we have and what is given by his hand to us. So what does meekness look like to us in this world, in this day, as Christ followers? So the, let's just go to the opposite of the list we just did. So the opposite of being bold is to be humble. We, we find ourselves humble. We humble ourselves. We choose to humble ourselves. We're not self-assured or self-assertive. We don't assume that what I think and what I know is the only and uh, the only right answer. We are Christ-assured. Our assurance is not in our own being and who we are and what we know. No, our assurance is in in, in Christ. It's in Him and what He's done for us. Even our, our 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 assurance in our salvation is in Him. It's not in us. Our future is in Him. It's not in us. And um, so we we tend to stay away from being overly bold and overly assured in our own knowledge, in our own self, in our own views, that we there's a humility in us. There should be. We're not entitled. We don't walk around with a chip on our shoulder. We deserve better or God deserves to give us more. 
We pray, even in our prayers, there's a humility. There's a, God, if it's your will, God, if, if this is your will for me, it's not God, I, I demand and I claim this and, and you do, you have to give this. No, no, there's a, there's a humility in our hearts when we pray for one another towards God when we bring ourselves to God. Secondly, we seek peace. We're not just looking for an argument. We're not quarrelsome. We, we seek peace. We, we are free from always having to have the last word. And we're also free from having to win every argument. There's so many polarized views on so many things at the moment. And there's a danger that, that we have to we, we walk around feeling like we have to defend our, our views and our points. And we have to win every argument. I think there's a peace that comes to us when we don't have to win every argument. When we, we don't have to... To get into every debate, we don't have to, um, like some would say, climb into the mud with, with pigs and wrestle. Often we have to walk away and say, that's not an argument for me to have right now. Um, we don't look for disagreements. We, don't, we seek to understand. We, 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 we want to listen more. We don't want to just give our opinions and, and win the debate. We want to listen to our brothers and our sisters. We want to hear where, where the fear comes from, where the, the difference of views and opinions come from. Thirdly, we're content, we're grateful, we're not jealous, we don't live with jealousy. No, meekness is also, meekness means we, that we are grateful, that we are content. We are full with gratitude. We thank God for everything that he provides. We don't just, we don't look at those things that we don't have, we look at what we do have in Christ. We find ourselves content in every circumstance. Paul, to, in, in Philippians, I, 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 I've grown, I've learned to be content. I can do all things through Christ. I can I can celebrate Christ in every single season. South Africans, um, everyday people, we can we can celebrate. There are beautiful things that Christ is providing, has provided, and will continue to provide for us in these days. Let's find our contentment and our gratitude for what He has given us. We are easily, um, or we are easy. We are unassuming. Um, what does that mean? It, 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 we're not ambitious. We. We don't always have to improve and win or grow and, and have bigger, better. No, we, we are easy. We, it's very similar to contentment. There's an ease in our, there's an unassuming. It's not, I am not that special that I deserve the better life or the bigger life or the best outcome. We, we, we are okay that, that, that there are things that we are going to walk through that's going to be we, we understand and we are, we, we're not above walking through valleys and going through tough times. We, we're not, we're not too good for those things. We're not too good to suffer. It's interesting that less than a century ago, calling someone ambitious was an insult. It was, it was an insult to say you're ambitious. It wasn't a good word. A century later, today, if you're not ambitious, um, the, the, the things that people would say to you about your attitude, your lack of faith, your lack of desire, your lack of, 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 of will to, to improve yourself, there's, there's almost something wrong with you today. In this world, if you're not ambitious, yet Christ calls us to a meekness. I love this list. Um, humility. We seek peace. We imagine, imagine a community that's that is humble. That that every other person in our community is more important than me. Every other person. That I'm not above anyone. Everyone is above me. And you imagine a community like that. Imagine if the church was like that. Imagine if you now entered every relationship, every conversation with, I'm less than you. You are more important than me. Imagine if we seek peace when we seek to understand. Imagine if we find that contentment, that joy in our hearts. Imagine when we live unassumingly, where we, where we don't 
We don't live with entitlement. We don't walk around feeling, I deserve and God owes me or people owe me. Our country owes us. Our government owes us. No. We're unassuming. We, we, there's an ease to us that we are not above hard times. And when we look at Jesus in the New Testament, we see that gentle can also be assertive. Being gentle and being meek doesn't mean that there are not certain things that we stand for and we, we fight for or we, we are asserting ourselves and we hold on to. No, you can't be humble. You can't be a peacemaker. You can't be content if you haven't gone to war against the opposite of that. If you haven't fought against quarrelsomeness or, or ambition or jealousy or, or, or overbold kind of attitude in arts. No, we have to assert ourselves. There are certain things in the gospel that we stand on that we I don't want to use the word fight because I'm just, I'm, I'm personally, I'm just over, it feels like everybody's looking for a fight today and in, in our society and, and the church is not exempt from that. We all want to polarize, we all want to be in a camp or in a specific point of view. What if we fought for Christ-likeness and, and meekness? And the interesting thing is that Jesus says, blessed are the meek, he says, for they shall inherit the earth. It's and an inheritance is something that you and I receive that we have not done anything for. If, if um, Claire's folks, for instance, in their inheritance left Claire a farm, Claire did not earn the farm. It is something that is gifted to them. And it's interesting because what Jesus is saying, the way to inherit the earth is through meekness. If you, blessed are the meek, for they shall. And he's almost saying that if in this world you act the opposite, if you if you are led by an over bold uh, over um, boldness, jealousy, discontent, quarrelsome, just fighting for everything, and you have to fight for everything that you have in your life, he's almost saying you're going to lose all that, but you're going to lose the opposite will gain all that. And again, Jesus in the Beatitudes is showing the opposite way that his kingdom works. In that we can be meek, we can be we can put aside our our overly bold attitude and confidence in our own self. We can, we can not worry and stress about our future and trust Him with it. We can live free from jealousy and find contentment in what Jesus has given us. He calls us to this beautiful meekness as, as Christ follows. Gentleness, kindness towards, towards others, but also towards ourselves. <laughs> Um, I, I, the, I'm thinking of, of scripture where Jesus says, um, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, that we, we have to love ourselves. We have to be okay with who Christ has made us. And then we have to find that gentleness and be meek and kind to ourselves so that we can be meek and kind to others. Because ultimately, you and I have been incredibly um, recipients. Um, I'm trying to find the right words here. But we have been the recipients of incredible kindness and meekness and gentleness towards us through Christ. Dane Ortland's book has caused quite a stir theologically and in the Christian um, authors and world. And people were quite shocked by it. And the reason why they were shocked is it was the book stood out because it was so clear on just the kindness and the gentleness and the meekness of Jesus. And it was almost like um, what Scott said about Ted Lasso and and, and Fred Rogers, is in a, in a world that's fuming, we're almost shocked when we receive kindness. And it's almost like the book Gentle and Lowly shook the world that's so intrigued by theological debates and church debates and, and style debates, etc., etc., that just reading a book on the kindness of Christ kind of was like a cold water, sh cold water shower um, waking us up going, hey, there's something fresh and good. This is good for you. 
Jesus was was confrontational. He fought for for people's freedom. He stood against religion. He he wasn't he wasn't soft. He wasn't boneless or backboneless. He was strong in those areas. Being meek doesn't mean that we we're not clear on certain things. No, it actually means that we have to sometimes confront certain things. But our heart towards God, our heart towards one another is meek, is gentle, kind and lowly towards others. And I just pray for us as a church. I pray for you. Maybe in this in this preach somewhere you've gone, hey, I've got a lot of that in me. I want to just pray that God would, would release and that God would help us and free us from that this morning. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for such a, such a beautiful calling to meekness. Lord, we recognize that, that as even as Christ followers, we can be overly bold, <laughs> so self-assured. And we and if that's me this morning, Lord, I want to ask you, would you would you forgive me when I'm so self-assured that I, I don't find my security and my assurance in you, but I find it in in me and in my ability and my knowledge and, and me knowing and me being able to judge right from wrong. Lord, I pray that we confess our jealousy. We we confess that there are are moments very often where we're not content in what you've given us, where we're comparing our lives to others, and not just comparing, but almost resenting our neighbor's success and well-being. I pray, Lord, that you'd forgive us for, for jealous hearts, Lord, for over quarrelsome hearts. Lord, if we've got fallen into the trap where we are debating online, arguing online, and not even online, just with our friends, with our family, um, Lord, pray that you give us a heart to understand our, fr our fellow neighbors, that we would find ears that would listen more than we would talk. Um, Jesus, our ambition is to love you and to worship you. Where our ambition has become worldly, where, where we're striving for things that are, are not going to last for eternity. We pray this morning, Lord, you'd, you would forgive us. Holy Spirit, would you create in us meekness would you create in our hearts gentleness and kindness and humility we cannot do it on our own strength we holy spirit we desperately need you to do this work in us would you set us free from the arrogances and the jealousies and over ambitious lives and would you free us from that and and place and renew our hearts this morning towards a gentleness and kindness towards our neighbors and towards you in jesus name amen stay safe Stay warm, stay connected, um, connect with, uh, we can still do Zoom chats, we can do WhatsApp video calls, we can do SMSs, maybe this week, maybe pick two or three people um, um, in the church family and you, that you would just, hey, how are you, are you guys okay? Um, we don't know what, what our president is going to say in the next few days, but we might be gathering, we might not, but we can still be church, we can still love one another um, in this season. And maybe even... Why don't you reach out in this season to your friends that don't know Christ? Maybe there's some friends that are far from Christ that would just be absolutely blown away by your kindness and your, your gentleness um, in just reaching out and asking how they're doing in this season. You might be surprised that God could use this kindness. Have an amazing week. We'll connect again next week.